Hello everybody, welcome to the next episode of Safe or Brave podcast. Today we are hosting one of my friends, a motion designer from the Czech Republic living in LA, Jan Sladečko. Jan has done an amazing job for big brands in the US and pretty much all over the world and his work is very valued by the motion design community. He's a speaker from conferences like Sigraf and others. And I'm really looking forward to get to know Jan other than on the personal side. So we'll be chatting a lot about what's happening in the motion design space. So let's get to it. All right, Jan, thank you so much uh, for joining us uh, for the podcast. Thank uh, you for having me. On the way to the airport right now, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. I'm going to be flying in uh, two hours. We're flying. Uh, flying to Barcelona. Uh, I'm just like, uh, maybe you can get there a little bit later, but I'm in just kind of transition phase in my career. And I decided to just fly there and take a little bit, some time off and just decide between next step. Okay. Just so just to introduce you, you mm. are a motion designer, mm -hmm. right? And uh, there is a good scene uh, for motion design in Barcelona. Uh, there is not that huge, to be honest. There is like a few people there uh, as well, but... In Barcelona, what is happening there, though, even though there's not a huge scene, there is like huge meetups every year called Off, and there are always like people from our entire world. They're flying there, and they it's just connected to parties, education, and nice weather and nice beautiful city. So it's I've been there three times, and after that I moved there because I just become uh, fell in love in with Barcelona. Oh, I got it. So that's that's what uh, that's the major purpose why you are going there. This is actually happening in the spring now. Right now, I'm just purely going there visit my friends. Actually, my family will visit me there, so I'm just taking small break. I left my job after two years and a half now in LA here, so I'm just taking small break. And before I will take another big project, I just want to like ease, ease, and slow down. I got it. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. It's kind of like how small, like yeah. Mm. So we have we have known each other for quite a while now, a uh, couple mm -hmm. of years. That's true. And uh, we both are from the Czech Republic, right? That's right true. now in LA, recording this this podcast. And it seems like uh, you are an experienced uh, podcaster because you recorded one yesterday, also, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I feel like now we have to rush to release uh, it soon. So uh, we are the first ones. <laughs> Uh, no worries. I'm sure there, every every podcast is always different. So it's yeah, I bet. I bet. I I hope that you will you will also share some uh, cool stories uh, from you moving from from the Czech Republic to the US and some challenges with that and so on. Oh yeah, but sure. but I would I'd love to uh, and like I've known you for a while, but there is a lot uh, that I don't know, and I'm looking forward to to learn about it today. And how did you actually pick uh, motion design as uh, your as basically the thing to do? Uh, it's interesting background. Basically, my mom when I was a kid, she has a, she had a computer at office. Most of my schoolmates they didn't have computer at all, so I used to go to play on her computer with MS Paint, and I always drew something, and then I cut it out and I start moving it with my mouse cursor and I was pretending it's animated but when you release the mouse button it actually got baked in the image and it's not animated or it's not moving anymore but for me this idea of actually moving images on computer was something amazing and slowly on my own when I was around 11 or 12 I start finding some simple softwares or even in PowerPoint I was like animating things and using it for animations and then I was slowly evolving with new and new softwares and uh, then I started using Flash After Effects and I didn't even know 
there is a name for it. Motion design came much later in my career. I didn't know anyone in Czech Republic <laughs> doing the same. So I was just playing and I didn't know one day I can actually make money with it and I actually can start traveling around the world. Uh, so yeah, in a way, it was, I kind of lucked out on this. So at what point uh, did you actually feel that, okay, this is this is something that I can do for a living? Uh, I was basically like just playing around and then... On um, the school, on like um, high school, I start realizing, oh, maybe I could go some direction to like make money. And then at the university, I actually went to visit one of the main uh, post-production houses in Czech Republic called UPP, and they did uh, movies, like feature movies. And I thought, okay, maybe I can switch and I can start working on visual effects for movies. But after two years, I actually realized I don't want to necessarily work on VFX, just on the FX for movies. But really, I want to work on the graphics and more playful stuff in 3D. And um, and that's called motion design. And I start kind of like seeing more and more stuff. So that was, I was around the age maybe, yeah, after 20, 21, 22 was already when I was at the university. And then, uh, then I slowly discovering all this huge world of motion design. What was the main source uh, of knowledge that you used to kind of uh, learn everything? That was always internet. It was just Googling. I was the only one in our family who could speak somehow English. And I was just like constantly looking for some tutorials. And I was starting with kind of like brutal animation because I was a kid and I just like action scenes. <laughs> and then eventually start getting more sophisticated or like all different type of animations. But yeah, it was videocopilot.net. Uh, there was a guy who started tutorials like 10 years ago. And nowadays he has a huge company. He's making his own plugins and he's like the the absolutely top icon celebrity so he was like one of the first and he till today like everybody like swearing by his name how he's like he's a god in our industry and now i'm actually living in la and i met him like a week ago and and he actually like even he knows me now he even asked for selfie with me and i'm like oh my goodness this is like oh. this is crazy so he taught me so much and i'm here so you are the celebrity him. now and he's just like a <laughs> and random, he's just like random, random, random guy random dude, exactly <laughs> So how do you actually make yourself to get to that level, especially like from like being in the Czech Republic and now uh, being recognized here in LA as uh, one of the best motion designers? Well, I mean, I think the key in our industry is you need to, you have to love it. You have to do it because you enjoy it. There has to be passion because unfortunately, or not unfortunately, but it, it takes a lot of time. I mean, when I was uh, even at university, sometimes guy just went party or drinking and I was just in the weekend home sitting alone and I was studying and learning. It was just like a lot of self-thoughts, a lot of dedication of my time and uh, a lot of iterations and slowly like learning and learning. So it's there is no really shortcuts. It took like a lot of time. And then also what helps you greatly is to be able be out there, just go and speak with new people, introduce yourself to company and uh, willing to do step to unknown. So that's how I even moved to London uh, when I was like 23. I I was just like trying to, I, I bought the flight tickets and didn't even have nothing. And someone told me, man, in London, it's going to be so expensive. You should kind of find a job first. And I'm like, I will figure it out. And I just start finding, writing the emails to companies and no one replied to me. And I'm like, oh, Maybe it's going to be a little bit trickier. And then I found um, Twitter of one of the studio, which I wanted to really go. I couldn't get their email, but or they weren't replying. So I wrote on the Twitter, I really like what you do. 
this is my showreel. I'm moving to London because very limited what you can say. Yeah. And so they, it was 144 characters. Yeah, and and they said, "Oh, that's great showreel. Do you want to come to studio uh, next week?" And I said, "Yeah, perfect." So, so I, you you really figured it out. So I got the job immediately. And I was working there for a year, and during that year. I was like going constantly on meetups and I was meeting more and more people. And some people were in the studio four years before me and they were on lower position. And then after one year, I was already decided I'm going to leave. And they're like, what? You have to go through this ladder. And I'm like, I don't know. I just feel that I want to like go on my own way. And I was like constantly like making new contacts and like jumping around and moving from different places. And I think that's kind of the motivation you enjoying it and you think it can be better somewhere. Um, that was what got me here, and that's why I'm in LA now. Well, you mentioned one one great thing, and it's when you when you love it, it's it's easy to get better and progress to to like a top level. But I think you you mentioned that that's how it works in motion design. I think yeah. that that Everywhere. is how how it works <laughs> yeah, in yeah. in every profession because if if it's your passion, it uh, becomes significantly easier to to achieve something, and it's yeah. great that yeah. uh, that you have that. No, that's for sure. You're right. Uh, yeah, the passion is a huge thing. And then uh, always this kind of inner feeling that you want to evolve and you want to get better. And uh, and when you start feeling you start losing it, I think it's always time to figure out why and like maybe like a bit change something in your life. And it actually happened to me twice in my career. It, you, I just start feeling I'm a bit stag stagnating. And I'm like, that's actually why I moved to Barcelona first time. I moved there three years ago. And now it's going to be exactly three years, actually. Today, my phone told me it was three years ago when I moved to Barcelona because my first kind of like small burnout, even though I was loving what I was doing. So I moved there and I thought, maybe I don't love it anymore. And and I was just like, I just took my rollerblades and I was just like learning Spanish, going out, <laughs> and I just like stopped working. And after one week or two weeks, I started missing it. And I realized, oh, I don't... I still love it. I just don't want, I just wasn't enjoying working for the clients which I was working. And uh, so sometimes you just need to figure it out, like maybe how to start adjust something or change something. And uh, after after Barcelona, I got like another breath and I could like again, like find another company and I started traveling again. And now I'm again in my life in the time when I'm kind of slightly adjusting things and trying to figure it out uh, how to keep things interesting because if you do something too long, the same thing, it can get like boring. Gray, boring, yes. So it's always need to slightly changing things to keep uh, being engaged. I feel. So for how long are you going to Barcelona? Two weeks, you said. Now I'm going for two weeks. I'm thinking for longer, but um, it's um, LA is not cheap city, so I don't want to like just leave all my stuff here and go yeah. for Barcelona for too long. So I'll just do like two short weeks and. During those two weeks, actually, I'm taking with me a lot of materials and I will be studying. It sounds kind of bad, but I said I from, from the master become apprentice. I just decided to really go there and study. I want to study cool designers. I want to study uh, cinematographers and lighting. So I, br I, I have tons of like, I have like so many, uh, like, I don't know, hundreds of hours of tutorials. And uh, I just want to find time to, to get better, to developing my eye. And uh, because I realize sometimes if you go too much to technicalities, to vertical uh, skills, uh, you can go like too too deep, like to learning some tools how they works. But uh, if you 
actually have good eye and uh, can communicate with the people, then you can eventually oversee the projects and maybe you can manage the teams and, mm-hmm. and you just have to develop and strong like decisions making about what works, what doesn't work. So I want to work on this kind of stuff right now. Uh, so I'm just taking my notebook and so you just compiled a lot of materials that, yeah. that you want to study and yeah. to, to learn something new. Exactly. Is so, there any particular part of Barcelona where you'll be staying? Mm, I mean, Barcelona, amazing about Barcelona, I don't know, for people who've never been, uh, it's kind of, the center is, it's kind of compact. If you have a bike, you can like really fairly quickly like move around the city. So I will be like probably around um, uh, Elborn, Gothic, which is pretty center. But uh, unfortunately, right now there's huge riots and everything is on fire. So we might go actually... Well, uh, the, uh, LA is also on fire right now. No. <laughs> uh, if if you have noticed outside, but... Uh, there was a fire outside? Yeah, there was a fire in Pacific Palisades uh, earlier today. I didn't know. It was huge. I didn't was know. Huge. Yeah, but I'm, I, I hope that you'll be, you'll be uh, safe in Barcelona. Yeah. Isn't that, you, you have uh, tried uh, living in, in a lot of different places, right? Throughout yeah, your life. I lived in, first I moved to London, which is kind of like, from the Czech Republic, usually people move first to Germany or UK. It's kind of like the two countries where, where economically stronger and there is usually like, at least in our industry, there is like a lot of opportunities. I didn't speak German, so I moved to UK. And then after that, I moved to back Prague. And then I actually got good job opportunity from the Germany. So then oh. I moved to Germany. And then after Germany, I moved to Spain. And from the Spain, moved back home. And f- then I moved to LA. And uh, now I'm thinking about moving to New York. But uh, that's still kind of maybe. We'll see. I'm really tempted. But in the same time, I'm kind of like establishing myself in LA. So... So what makes you to do that decision? Is it the scene in terms of motion design? Is it uh, the environment, the people? Yeah. I mean, or you the, just want to change places and switch things up to try different things? Yeah, the condition is always it has to be a um, great place for uh, in our industry. So I always have to have to be like, I know I have to, um, there has to be enough companies. Um in case of Barcelona, it was slightly different because I thought I just wanted to try to live there. And I decided I can go there for a couple of months without having a job. I just like save some money in Germany. And then I thought, okay, let's just, let's just be there. And then uh, other than that, uh, yeah, it's some kind of personal preferences. If, if, you, if, you like the, if you think you would enjoy the city and maybe if you have some friends there. And uh, yeah, I, I, like, I like cities. I, I love Prague and I... And it was kind of good training for me, like the capital city in Czech Republic, to understand like city culture. And then when I moved to London, it wasn't so harsh if I would move there, like from some like unknown small town. So you already kind of like understand the cities. And then uh, after that, yeah, um, Munich. Munich was like actually kind of slow city to me. It was I don't want to say boring, but <laughs> definitely different. Uh, but yeah, there's like multiple factors. Um, and uh, LA, as you know, it's it's different. It's really different than uh, than it's way different. It's way different. It's different than anything. <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's a lot of cons uh, and pros. It's like just it's um it's um yeah it's it's um another world. Well, I'm pretty sure that uh, you will make a great decision uh, on uh, your next de- destination, <laughs> and I hope that I'll also be able to keep seeing you as uh, we did we did in the past. Um, 
what I what I wanted to ask is that you have talked at SIGGRAPH, right? Yes. Multiple times. Yes. Is that like the is that like a milestone for uh, a motion designer? Because uh, um, I, I have I have uh, heard a lot of people talking about this is this is where I would like to get. So I I felt like it's it's uh, it's a big achievement. Uh it actually it is it is this an achievement. It definitely opened me a lot of doors. Uh and it got me in front of like um I don't know what I was saying, like it got me on the table with like a lot of interesting people and because of that I, I start really meeting you now even more top people in the industry and I started getting like some interesting communication with the soft software developers. Can you uh, just shortly introduce what SIGGRAPH is uh, yeah, for the people that don't know? Yeah, there's a SIGGRAPH, NAB, IBC. There's like a few big technical conferences across the world. SIGGRAPH is the one of the main ones, which is happening. Uh, I'm going on the LA, but I'm, I think they definitely have like across the other cities as well. And uh, it's... Um, I'm not sure it started with uh, audiovisual technique, but there you can see like always like new breathtaking technology, and there's like a VR, AR. There's like all new screens, and it's like basically big uh, conference exhibition of uh, of the the frontier of the intertechnology. And uh, even the software companies they usually showing the demo. Uh, they have like demo booth, and they are showing what you can do, the newest features, and. Uh, When I was speaking actually a while ago in Czech Festival in Prague, Movo, and I also ended up being in a Czech television, uh, Nova, um, somehow someone from the German branch, they noticed me that I'm actually speaking, I'm using Cinema 4D, so they offered me to do speech in Amsterdam at IBC. And that actually, when I was going there, then Adobe, they heard from the Maxon because they are partners that will be there. So then Adobe invited me also speak for them and they did interview with me. So that was 2016, it was like three years ago. And this gives me a kind of like good exposure online. And I actually was trying to prepare myself well. So I did presentation and people luckily enjoyed it. And because of that, it opened me automatically doors for new and new conferences. So after that, I got invitation when I moved here to States to speak on the SIGRA, which is the main conference. And now already they told me that I'm kind of established speaker there. And uh, so they always tell me if so you, you're if like you, a local now, you yeah. go there every time. So so it's speech. So it's it's great because they they buy you the fly tickets. They like uh, they like you can just fly there and then you meet like even more people. So it's for you it's good networking. For them it's promotion. So it's win win situation. And uh, and you are giving back to community. So now actually people writing me uh, that uh, they learn a lot from me and and I was now um, on some party here in LA and then came some random guy to me and start telling me. Uh, about my videos and about my talks and and my friends actually were la laughing to me that oh I'm a celebrity here <laughs> <laughs> and then, like fans coming to him so I actually because of this now I actually even thinking about start making uh, paid uh, tutorials like I do like maybe let's say I would take two three months I would prepare like some intense in training program and uh, I would try to put as much knowledge as I can to like longer format not just one hour or 40 minutes but I would do like I don't know 10 hours or even more of um, the in-depth tutorials. And and because I already was developing my name over the years, hopefully it can um, it can build me some trust of the audience and it could like click everything together. Um, Where do you go to source uh, the inspiration for your projects or to get ideas? 
That's a interesting question. It's uh, it's complicated. It can be like anything. I mean, actually, one of my successful series or successful like the most successful series, which I start working animated one, which is called Space Struggle. On oh, the astronauts. Astronauts. Yeah. It started like absolutely randomly. I was actually here in LA in Griffith Observatory, and there was animation of uh, there was animation of like the day cycle like you see in a desert how the shadow is moving an entire day is like, going up and down up and down like like a time lapse and i really liked it and i like i would like to do some animation with this and maybe something could be going there and that the light would be changing and then i thought maybe there would be car be like going in the desert and then i realized if i just go want to go with car in the desert i can rent some car and i can go to desert how could i make it more surreal and I thought, let's do the car flying. So I started doing the car flying in the desert. And someone told me, oh, this looks like a Tesla when he sent it to the space. And then I started realizing, oh, maybe there could be some astronauts who are trying to get into the car. And and eventually, like through the so many like, iterations of ideas, I created the animation where it's actually flying the car in the desert and astronauts trying to get in. And then you slowly realize that all astronauts trying to get in the car. And I, and I even quoted it that after Elon Musk sent the Tesla into space, all astronauts now trying to get their cars, and uh, and it people actually really enjoyed it, and it started like all new series which I start working on, and uh, now I have fourth episode, and I have a couple of more episodes in production. So this this is the the project that you do on the on the side, right? That's yes. your personal yes. hobby. Yes, that's that's uh, on the side on the commercial projects. Eighty percent, maybe I would say even more than ninety percent of the time, the clients came with some idea, either client or agency. So we oftentimes communicate with agencies and they already have their marketing strategy or they oftentimes, uh, they look up what it's trendy or what they like and then they came with you with some special already uh, idea and uh, and you have to figure it out basically. It's kind of creative um, problem solving, how to execute it, how to make it in time, in the budget, or maybe how to make it like fresh and new. And uh, and it depends. If you if you're working on um, in smaller smaller teams, you can usually have more freedom. If you're working like big team, then then it depends on, on what's in your position. Yeah, that's that's what I wanted to ask. How big of a team you are used to in terms of? I I assume that most of your personal stuff you do just uh, on your own mm -hmm. uh, from start to finish. But in terms of the 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 other projects that you have experience with how big how big uh, teams are they yeah that's a that's a good question i mean when i was starting i was working on movies and we had like the team like just on the video post production there was like i don't know let's say it depends on the type of the movie but you have like you can have like 10 to 100 people on the movie just on the post production and uh, so the team which were going to theaters and we are checking all the um details and uh, dailies <clears throat> There was a quite a lot of people, uh, like let's say 20 people in the team. But right now I'm oftentimes working alone and, and the scale is constantly changing. I was working over the, I'm roughly working 10 years in the industry. So I was working in uh, smaller F uh, houses. I was working on the bigger houses. Uh, we were working with some big commercial for Audi when we had, you have like big uh, production team who's just shooting the commercial. And by coincidence, they were shooting the commercial in Czech Republic. And uh, like beautiful uh, landscapes and nature, but still they said it's not there is not enough mountains. And then they put a bunch of people who are actually like 
doing huge mountains in the background that so don't you, really change. You, uh, you made uh, <laughs> Alps in the Czech Republic? <laughs> something like that, something like that. And and then I, I would I would appreciate that. It's yeah. good for skiing. No, there was even like there was like no, we don't like the I don't know how we call them around the roads, like the the rail the rail um, railings. Yeah. So they were like, no, let's let's remove them. And then a bunch of people had to spend like weeks to removing from the video like all the railings <laughs> and all the lines on the roads and retouching everything. Wow. And I was just like, wow, so you don't even see how much work comes to commercials. Like car commercials, there's a like huge team. So sometimes, yeah, it can be huge teams. Sometimes when I'm working on personal projects, I can work alone or I can co- collaborate with maybe like one or two artists uh, who are specialists for another things and we can like work together. Um But nowadays, in general, I think the efficient number can be like working around like three to seven people. You can you are able to do even like short movies uh, because two big teams. There's too much management, too much downtime, and um, it's good to keep it like kind of flexible and small and efficient. I think it would also be uh, good to mention how long it takes to actually produce something because like we are recording a podcast right now yeah. and literally to uh, make a podcast that's not uh, much more than the time uh, we spend uh, yeah. actually recording it yeah. a little bit of post-production there but uh, yeah uh, in terms of uh, motion graphics uh, it's totally different i assume you are absolutely right it's kind of like a little bit uh, disappeared the uh, magic when I start telling people how long it takes <laughs> because they're just like oh he's probably like you know when you have a painter like amazing you just see he's doing all the brush strokes but with with motion design there's like so much math and so much like uh, tedious work like cleaning geometry setting up shaders and you most of the time you just see like a bunch of numbers and it's, it's not so huge difference like in coding when you have a like, code and then final program looks totally different but still what we see in the software is absolutely different. And when I was starting on movies, I was, for example, working on one second of movie, um, like two, three weeks. And uh, so then you, the movie has like hour and a half. So you have to, it can be like pretty intense. That's why on big movies, like Marvel movies and stuff, they have like five companies who are working on it year and a half straight. Each of them has like hundreds of people and then you have like thousands of people working on it. And that's why I actually left the movies because I become such a small cogwheel and I wanted to feel a little bit more freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went to commercials, which are shorter, uh, bigger, quicker turnaround. And um, you don't need so many people and you usually get more freedom. And uh, my personal projects currently, um, they are like 30 seconds long and I'm working on them like two, three weeks. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of trying to optimize it. Yeah, in the movies, it's usually the iterations longer because there is like so many versions. And then you go to theater and then they zoom in in a theater 800% and can you go one frame forward, another frame forward? And they're just going through the frames, they're zooming in and there is like 20 people and And they're all... We don't don't like that. Yeah, and they're all staring and they're looking if there is some mistake. And then they're like, I see there is in the corner, there was some some pixel. Seriously? Yeah, there is a little bit magenta. And sometimes like you're sitting against your friend and, and he... Yeah, in the corner you have a mistake, but I'm not gonna say it. And uh, and, uh, <laughs> and then you just thank you, thank you. But you really, it's like there's like people like watching it really carefully and looking for mistakes in your work. And uh, so there is like, it's like a lot of iterations. Before. But if you learn how how you do it, do you actually know 
the pattern, what to look for when when looking for mistakes? Is there like common places where yes. uh, people um, uh, find mistakes? Uh, yes. For example, when you have um, like most of the movies nowadays, like most of the action movies, they are on the green screen. And if you have, or like the the old sci-fi movies, so on the green screen, it's always uh, really hard to do, for example, hair, because mm-hmm. the hair is so soft and so refined, yeah. so all the reflections, everything is kind of hard to separate it. So you always like watching like really carefully, like the edge around the around the hair, you're watching like uh, the basically, because usually you won't have big issues on the on the body, because this is like one material and it's like one plane, but everything what is separating two different planes, there can be like issues and or when it's like explosion you're watching how how it's moving like the you need to see so many like uh, i don't know like really hundreds thousands of videos or frames before and then you eventually get more sensitive and you can s- faster see what's wrong or if the c- colors are too warm or too cold uh so there's like a bunch of different things which can be wrong possibly it's like almost endless uh so it depends what kind of project you're working on Got it. What uh, what is for you the ideal project that uh, you want to engage on? Uh, that's that's another great question. What are what are its specifics? Yeah, there was a for a long time in our industry, it was the project which is long, roughly to thirty seconds to one minute. Because if it's too long, it you need to have a lot of huge team and huge budget, which usually client don't have. So then it's on the cost of the quality. So if you want to have really high quality content, which is compact and also it's short, so it's good to, for your showreel, it's good really kind of like short content. So we are using TV items or like commercials, like was Nike from Manverse Machine. They had like amazing, like really dynamic uh, commercials or opening titles for TV shows nowadays. Like uh, if you've seen, for example, Game of Thrones when it's opening and you can see it's going through the castles and there is like all the things like building up. So those kind of things are really interesting. I would say the ideal project for me is a project which I have like three months work on it. It's not too long. It's not getting crazy, but in the same time, you have time to like put enough details. So three months. Uh, three months working on like it. And two then two minutes. And then less than two minutes, I would say even like a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's kind of like, usually those kind of projects pay like just like top clients, like yeah, Nike or car co- cars or maybe some TVs can do it. Even nowadays, uh, TV kind of doesn't have that much bigger budgets. Uh, but that can be like in this kind of time, it can be like really super polished video. It's a short length of the video, but uh, yeah. it gets a lot of attention, right? Yeah, it's like when, packed. Yeah, when when companies actually spend money on on, on producing such yeah. a video, then they invest uh, way more into actually yeah. distributing it and making yeah. sure that it's used. And uh, um, also, like, does it happen often that? Uh, the videos that you produce uh, get uh, shared virally. So people would uh, just say, wow, I want to share this. Mm-hmm. That's that really, really depends. I mean, if you do, if you do, um, you have to realize that if you do commercials, you're trying to sell someone something and uh, people usually sharing, for example, commercials, if they are kind of like really funny, like in Czech Republic, there was like a few commercials which become like super popular viral because they, they hit the spot. They hit like some background uh, culture and humor. But if it's just like well-looking commercial, it's ca- some. It can be tricky. It's it's better when the things are either um, 
meant to really entertain people or engage people so that's why i'm actually doing more personal projects now because with my personal projects i'm getting much bigger engagement than with my commercial work because commercial work still at the end of the day you're just forcing someone to buy something uh so it's it's kind of harder to make him get super excited about it and and share it um so most most things which i would say viral or like had viral feeling from my work was definitely either personal projects or it was like tv ideas which i was working uh with tv nova uh, with mm-hmm. studio officina which actually we were doing really fun nice dynamic ideas for when they introducing uh, on their channel when they were nova sport they were introducing rugby and tennis they just ask us we just want to sh- let people know that we have tennis and rugby on our channel so we just want to do some short animation which is going to just engage them and there was like no this shoes cost $20 it was just really just represent the sport so we did like really high dynamic animations and it was pretty open brief and actually that was it was quite successful and it helped me when i was start traveling and i for example moved to germany there was some academy and the people know me there they didn't know my face but they know my work nice. and and when i'm like traveling across the world i'm i'm really a lot of people i'm I'm meeting they actually know my work they already seen it somewhere before and that's kind of actually a nice uh, nice feeling so yeah those kind of things can go viral how do you make uh, people know about you how do you how do you find your project what do you do for for your personal promotion uh personal promotion it's kind of interesting thing because i feel especially coming from Czech republic there uh, we have saying sebechvala smrdi or or basically means like you shouldn't be really like self promoting yourself and when some people like posting their work it it can get i i definitely know people who kind of start i don't want to say be jealous but i know some people who not really like wishing you luck um so it, in the beginning it was kind of difficult but more i start traveling abroad more i start feeling the self promotion is a part of the success and it's about moderation so what i start doing i found uh, i found like the platforms like uh, groups uh, where people communities when uh, they're meeting like um, on the facebook groups or even uh, like the public talks and then you just uh, then you just like post your work or you even like just get know a lot of people and then eventually right nowadays when i post something on my facebook um some people who i already met across the uh, throughout the years they and they for example have a lot of followings they like it and they repost it on their work without like i don't have to tell them anything so then it's kind of start more organically spreading out um so yeah so good good oh if it's good work it's always better <laughs> because then yeah. it can it's hard to promote something which people won't actually enjoy but when it's some when you do something people put a lot of work into it and people can recognize it and they are from industry they then help you and actually start like promoting it oh, i bet if you work on uh something that has uh 30 seconds for three weeks <laughs> then uh you you uh, kind of want to yeah, help yeah, people yeah. see it i yeah. think that you want you want to have uh, yeah. the reward that and, people and that, actually enjoy it and that's kind of like tricky thing right because then imagine you you are doing it in your free time it's your like passion thing and you're posting it on instagram and uh, and some people yeah likes doesn't matter or whatever but imagine yeah you spend like three weeks of your free time which is like three weeks sitting in front of the computer instead that's your of, that's your reward yeah instead of running uh, and uh, you can go on the beach especially here in la or you can go do sport you can do whatever and then you're already sitting on, in front of computer so you kind of 
you kind of care if people actually liked yeah. it or enjoy it and and about the feedback and and uh, I have to say I, I produce a lot of work which I put a lot of energy like lots of energy and then I post it and and then I even less lost followers I didn't yeah. even get followers I start losing and and it feels kind of like discouraging well it's uh it's, it's being mentioned often that with social media there is uh, the effect of instant gratification right but with uh, sharing motion design I don't really feel that instant <laughs> gratification you work you work on it for weeks yeah and then uh, that's uh, yeah, that's the reward that yeah, you want to get that see. people enjoy it and they'll share it so, so yeah so I kind of want to people enjoy it but at the same time when you see on Instagram and then you just see the numbers eventually if it's seen like 1,000 people look at, look at it or like it or 50,000 or there's going to be a million. For you, physically, it doesn't do that much big difference. There's just more different number. So it's kind of, sometimes it's weird. I'm like wait, waiting for this like moment when I post it, but I'm just like watching on this number, sitting home alone. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like this is not necessarily super satisfying. And th- this is the reason why I actually recently trying to get my work more out there. Mm-hmm. So when there is like some public, pre- pre- I was in Vancouver now actually on amazing uh, conference, and this is also great in my industry. I can travel around the world. There's a lot of conferences, and then I meet people, and then I just write on the Instagram, "I'm go- going to Vancouver," and some people, "Oh, you can stay in my place, or I will show you city around," and I can immediately know people and locals, and they show me like the good things in the city. So I ended up in co-working space with a lot of people, like a lot of local talents in Canada, and. Uh, and they said, who wants, we can put the video on the playlist and we will play it. So there was a bunch of other artists and we all put our videos and then you're just sitting with the people in the industry and watching all the works. So I actually presented my astronauts there. And it was actually nice to see people physically like laughing or reacting and you actually see, oh, this maybe is not so funny, this part, because they don't really t- that much laugh. You really see like actually how they're exactly reacting on it. And then, and then they came to you and they have, you start new conversations and you do networking and then maybe you will do some collaboration. So yeah, maybe even like festivals or do some stuff which are a little bit interactive uh, could be nice. But f- right now at the moment, mainly I'm yeah interacting through the comments on uh, on the social media. But and is uh, social media right now helping you to get more work or do you get the projects otherwise? Social media <clears throat> is definitely playing big role nowadays uh instagram is right now totally taking place before it was like vimeo everybody was uploading the motion design stuff on mm-hmm. vimeo but people are not used to most of the people aren't used to go on the vimeo channel and google looking for the stuff they if so they maybe go on youtube which is kind of like known platform for videos and vimeo was always kind of like for the professionals but it wasn't really friendly for audience and now instagram totally annihilate everything because everyone has Instagram. It's so easy to, to access it. So because of that, it can build quickly traction and, and the clients, they see it and they see that people cares about your work and they, they immediately see how if, if it's, well, um, there's a great feedback. So it's, it's really common that actually clients can come directly to you and say, oh yeah, we like what you are doing. Maybe could you do so short, short animation for our I don't know campaign or or even the production companies they can they they can reach me out and they say um, yeah we see you animations uh, and you have a like, great experience with this and 
and they really they choosing the artists from the Instagram nowadays. It's common. So I was kind of against it in the beginning. I was just like, oh, it's small, it's limiting on the phone, just square format. But actually, Instagram is playing kind of big role nowadays in our industry. Well, as I have known you for a while, I, I remember when you were talking about starting that and how after after you actually started posting some of uh, some of your recent work, how the the number of uh, followers grew. So yeah, uh, I definitely I definitely uh, see that uh, it has a bigger effect. And it seems like there is a there is a go- good community uh, around other motion designers and like similarly to what you have mentioned uh, with your trip to Vancouver and so on. Yeah, no, I mean, you know what? Um, When I was in London, there was like one uh, older guy from me, like he was like 15 years from me and he was like leading of the company. And he told me, if you want to make money, you chose the wrong industry. And I was just like, hmm. <laughs> so I was like thinking about it. And then I start seeing that actually you, you, you really, you can cap in our industry. And there is definitely industries when you can make more money. Uh, not saying that still motion designers on a good level, they can still live really like nice, decent life. But but there is always going to be some... Uh, some like a cap or ceiling when you can get. But I recently realized that much more than money, I'm actually happy that it gives me this. It gives me the community. I can really go to literally any city or like any bigger city and there's always some motion design studio or there is someone who have some friend in common and we like immediately clicked and, and the people really helping each other and and it, every time when it's like some conferences here in uh, LA or other places... Then people then go together drinking and then we ended up like rooftop parties and, and then you meet meet all of the people more in depth and we're really creating like decent friendships and because we have so much things in common, the conversations like fly itself. So it's actually I'm actually really happy. What do you industry. think is the, the reason for it that the the community of motion designers is so tight? I think it's because it's still kind of It's still kind of niche industry and it's not easy. There is a lot of obstacles on the way and there's a lot of knowledge which you have to know and you have to like um, dealing with so many things and to the people probably kind of together, they they can appreciate the hustle which you have to go through and they understand the struggle and they understand some people work just for money and like, okay, I got the money, I'm going home, six o'clock, done. We have to constantly like learning. If you want to get better, you need to constantly studying and the tools and everything. There's like new and softwares and there's like so much knowledge which you have to like learn. And and the people kind of like to interacting and uh, talking between each other. Like which software are you learning right now? Which plugin did you use? And 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 they helping each other because they know it's like impossible like in one person to learn it all. So it's in general the yeah. I I don't know why. I'm I'm really glad that it's not really like hiding and secrets people really like sharing because everything we are learn most of the things we learn for free and from the internet so that's why also now i'm like giving a lot of stuff for free on the internet i'm giving back the knowledge and it's just kind of like this give back um like uh, arnold schwarzenegger said (laughs) (laughs) key to success um and uh, i feel a lot of people doing it this way and uh and yeah i don't know if there's some other specific uh, thing why the people are so nice but i really like I'm really a lot of those my coworkers are my best friends now. How much time do you spend uh, per day looking at computer? Uh this changing over the time. There was definitely times so when it was easily like twelve hours, even more up to fourteen hours a day. 
I would say like 12 hours was kind of quite common. Now I'm trying to limit it. That's also one of the reasons why I quit my job because I was for there was a period of time, maybe half a year, and I was like working like eight, nine hours a day at work. And then people left and I stayed there and I was working till one o'clock, two o'clock morning on my personal projects. Um, then I just cycle home in the night, fell asleep, and I just cycle back to work. And I was doing it for like half a year. And uh, then I start having, a, I start dating a girl and having a relationships. And I realized I can't actually live this life. It's, <laughs> it's not really like a, you can't maintain this for a long time. So I had to decide. <laughs> so I decided instead of uh, leaving relationship, leaving the company, <laughs> to be able like do my personal projects because that was important for me at the time, or it is still now. And uh, it so, was a good uh, company, though, right? It was. Uh, it was one of the best company in the world. They. They. Can we mention it? Yeah, yeah. We should, we can. It's called the Mill. They. They have a like, branch in London. They have branch in. Uh, New York office, they have LA office, uh, they opening Berlin, then uh, opening uh, Australia now. So they used to work on the movies before. The last movie which they done was uh, Gladiator and they won uh, Oscar for visual effects. And after that, they quit and they start working only on commercials and they become like the most known for like the high-end car commercials and like the best visual effects commercials. So it was a great dream to work for them. Uh, so I worked for them in London first and then I actually, they, the funny story, some, uh, my friend, I was, that time I was in, uh, I was in Germany and, uh, and this, and the project for Nike and, uh, one friend who was from the London told me he visited office in Mill LA and he said, it's amazing, man. You can go surfing in the morning. You can go skiing if you want, the mama, the big bear and it's sunny. <laughs> it's much better than New York office. It's really great office. And I, hmm. Maybe one day I will apply for LA office to the mill. Sounds pretty great. And that's just, that was it. I just put the thought in my head. I didn't do anything. It wasn't more than a week later. They called me. I didn't wrote them. They called me. That someone inside the LA office, they saw my work on the internet and they recommended me. And they called me and they told me, okay, we're going to pay you the flight ticket. We're going to pay you visa. We're going to pay you a car and house for the first month till you will get established. And uh, it was right before I wanted to move to Barcelona. So I told them, uh, I have actually a big project right now coming on. So I could move there, but I could take this project, this job in half a year. <laughs> and uh, it's, not, it's, it's funny when you think about it now, right? <laughs> yeah. And so I just said it like this way. And I'm just like, we'll see what's going to happen. And they said, okay, we will wait. So they wait half for half year for me. And I moved to Barcelona And I just was like having fun and I was trying to like chill. And then after that, I, I moved here and uh, I started uh, working in life for two years and a half. And, uh, and it was an amazing experience. I mean, I wasn't necessarily working on the best projects or my dream projects, even though there's like few which got like uh, good uh, recognition, but it was mainly about the people and the new, new uh, culture, new country, because it's good when you could move to full-time job because then you have like people we're meeting daily friends and you start slowly building and expanding your knowledge in a new country if you just go on your own and you are just working from home it's really hard to start networking and like get connections but i i really like was like snowball effect like i started there safely and then when i felt i know a lot of people and i feel i could start freelancing or maybe approaching clients directly then uh that was when i decided to quit and go on my own 
So what do you leverage the, the time that you have now besides going to, to Barcelona? Uh, what, uh, what, what are you doing otherwise? Uh, I'm now in the... Um, I'm really carefully deciding my next steps because I feel I'm in industry for a while and I already have a like, decent amount of contacts and bigger, uh, experiences from the past. But in the same time, I don't necessarily have anything clear, uh, any clear path what to do exactly. So I I don't want to stagnate. I don't want to like realize that in seven years, I will just doing the same thing what I'm doing now. Uh, and I just have to compete with younger and fresh blood and still <laughs> trying to be valid. So I eventually want to like somehow move up and either have uh, either some product or company or have like interesting direct clients. So right now I'm going on those conversation uh, talks, uh, conferences, and I'm really carefully listening and speaking with the people, seeing people who are older than me and they started companies. Wh- how do they struggle? How they are happy? Um, I was in Nike, uh, in the main Nike store um, last week here in LA, uh, speaking about possible collaboration directly with them for promoting their products, uh, like the new shoes and jackets. I'm, I'm really trying to find the rep- representatives or agents and maybe like figure out someone we can connect you directly with the clients. So I am, <clears throat> I'm thinking about a lot of different venues right now including like creating my own product because I feel actually all these hours, which I was used to put like 12 hours a day sitting on commercial when you're working for the company, which doesn't necessarily pay overtime, you're just burning a lot of extra time. But if you're working on something which is yours and you're putting all this extra time, it will get further your company or your product and uh, and the, the reward can be like exponential or it can be, it's not linear based on time, but it can like... Um, it can then work for you and you can like much bigger success with it. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about all different type of uh, possibilities now. Would you ever consider switching the industry and doing something totally different or you never thought about that? It's funny you're asking it. I, I wasn't, I was always like, no, this is my industry. I found it. I, I love it since I was a kid. I will stay in it. But last year or two, uh, a lot of my heroes who I was following, they they start leaving the industry. And, and a lot of they, your heroes, you mean like the motion design heroes, like the idols, yeah, the yeah, icons. Yeah. They it, they were it. like growing. I just, I just wanted to be <laughs> yeah. uh, sure that it's <laughs> we're not, not like... talking about Avengers. <laughs> 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 so um, so I realized some of them like moving and they switching to tech, which I was always like, no, I'm working on the like the commercials and like the the visual stuff, and now they're working on on the app development, or they like went to Apple and they're now working on like the frontiers and they figure on visual language and visual communication, which slightly adjusting the way how they used to work, or they even switching industry in general and they start like doing the product products and. And the more I'm thinking about it, I'm more kind of like also starting awaking entrepreneur in myself mm-hmm. or like thinking like in bigger picture and instead of like really like endlessly sitting by the computer and just like dealing with some small problem problem i kind of want to see like the bigger consequences of the things and the purpose actually why i'm doing things and what's happening why and because of this i'm not i don't have a problem i'm, I'm not opposed to do a little bit step aside from my industry, but I still think it will be always in some way connected or I will be using the things which I learned from this industry in my new steps. So let's say it would be, and the question if it's leaving the industry, but let's say I would be working for VR experiences now, it's 
it's really different your skill set of the knowledge and or like the skills but it's i can still use a lot of visual stuff or vis- my visual library which i learned in commercials and i could apply it even if i would be like developing some uh, interactive experiences for like VR worlds and stuff like that. I get it. And as as you have been in the industry for for ten years, and I'm glad that you mentioned VR and mm. and and other technologies. For the past ten years, what changed in terms of motion design and in terms of what is possible today versus what was possible ten years ago? Um, it's almost scary mm, what changed because when I was starting. Then <clears throat> the first biggest change is, uh, is the frequency of the new motion design pieces, which is um, being released. In the beginning, there was like one bigger video, one bigger piece from some studio. They posted it and it was like for weeks, it was like reposted on the social medias. Everybody was talking about it. They were watching it detailly and they were like, uh, enjoying it. But then uh, suddenly what happened nowadays those things they used to have a kind of attraction. They used to be like they were published and they were for a while. But now because it's becoming more accessible and more and more people doing motion design and there is more screens, everybody's used to watch stuff that is like need for more animation. If you open the Instagram, then the basically there is so much new content every day that actually it's amazing, but in the same time it's becoming a bit disposable. So even my stuff which I'm posting you can see always on Instagram, we post it, and in three days, it's like, do yep. go down. It's just like three days and it's dead. So right now, if it's good enough, you will get some repos. So repos actually kind of giving a little bit like more life to it. But the things are definitely disappearing and vanishing faster. So it's it's just a lot of, it's like a, <clears throat> the process, how it's happening. It's a, I don't know necessarily it's a bad thing or good things. It's just becoming like more commodity or like more spread. Uh, but also, the visually, it's like ridiculously like what we can do to nowadays. Because even beginners, they can now do realistic-looking renders or skin, or you can download like realistic-looking models. And you can the the what are able to do individually, individual people or kids at the school. This is the thing which ten years ago was working like the movie companies, and they were like happy that they did like in weeks, and now you can do it like in a day, like home and just watch some tutorial on the YouTube for free. So the accessibility is like, uh, it's like miles away where it used to be. So that's exciting. Uh, and also it's giving everybody to access to the same tools and learn faster. So it's kind of becoming more important. Uh, what you are trying to say, the, the, the content is becoming almost more important than just the form because a lot of people can like re- replicate the, the visuals. And that's why I also start experimenting with the humor and I start experimenting with the creating emotion, not just do something visually appealing, but trying to somehow make people laugh or like make feel a certain way. Um, but yeah, I would say it's it's miles away right, when I was starting. Yeah. This was actually my lead up question to the next one. I'm pretty sure that you're familiar with the term deep fake, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And uh I would. I wanted to ask a professional. Uh, how, like, do you even notice somehow? When, so, sometimes when you are looking at the video that is fake, or that it is uh, something that was designed. Um, there is there is interesting thing. Uh, there was, for example, if you see Star Wars Rogue One. 
there was one of those German officers, or the German, it was like this imperial officers. He, the actor died and they make him 3D. And I went to theater and I see, the, and I, in the first shot, and I like, there's something wrong. Because it's really hard to make 3D person look believable and you can usually tell. But now with the deep fake, which is becoming super popular within like last year or two, when you're actually not modeling 3D face, but you're just projecting uh, face on realistic face and it's kind of blending in, the the visual results are pretty great. It's it's actually astonishing. And I have friends who are doing a lot of deepfake videos and they do viral deepfake videos. <laughs> they, their videos have like 10 millions, 15 millions. They did like video with Kenny Reeves when he's like stopping the robbery in the gas stations. And what they do, they hire actor who actually learn all the moves and like have similar height. And then on top of him, they did a deep fake uh, like processing of the face. And they did first time with the Tom Cruise. I didn't know. I thought this was real. I was like, oh, Tom Cruise, visit them in the studio because they are actually doing really well. They are kind of big. They have like millions of followers. And I'm like, oh, it's probably possible that somehow he like visited them there. And then I saw the breakdown. It was actually like deep fake. And, uh, and then I realized... Yes, it's 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 coming. It's it's a time when it's you it's it's impossible to tell what is real and what is not. The same with CG, like when you modeling like the cans or car commercials, you would be surprised how many car commercials you've seen. And this is not real cars. Yeah, this is like all, all CG, and they just know how to render it right. So, so yeah, it's we are definitely in the time when it's already. Um, I would almost say impossible to say in some cases to say if it's real or not. How do the listeners of this podcast or people watching it, how do they make sure that this is really you and this is not just a deep fake of me talking to a random person? Well, they can. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that like an in interesting, interesting time to, to be in? When, uh, it's, it's scary from political like, reasons. but um, it's, it's scary from... A lot of different reasons, and I I don't think that we are now getting in touch uh, with uh, deep fake videos that much. But imagine if like half of the content that we consume would be deep fake. Yeah. Then like. No, that's gonna be crazy. I mean, people will be putting their faces in the movies, and you can watch entire movie, entire Star Wars movie, and you're gonna be the main actor in it let's say like this, or you would be putting, you would be on your birthday party and you will make uh, Wes, uh, Will Smith sitting next to you and drinking and you can like teasing him. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and the people will be like, just like, wow, that's, that's, then, then the videos of the real people will kind of like, is it actually real or is it not anyway? It will definitely change the way how we see the videos and how we are suspicious towards right? the videos. Yeah. Like today, like, I should already start <clears throat> thinking uh, when, when I'm seeing something, whether it uh, is uh, possible that it's, it's fake or not. No, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely getting there and it, do, it's scary. Yeah. Do you, do you feel that there is a way how to protect? I mean... How to, how to create a technology even more advanced that would recognize that and flag that this is this is this is fake or this this could be fake for uh, I, this and those reasons i believe there will be something like even now on instagram or twitter or, or kind of social media you can have a certificate which confirming 
excuse me. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> uh, they can certificate uh, that it's like real user. But so it will give you like some blue star or something. Let's say this kind of things if it ex- uh, exist with deepfake technology, if it would be just on the level of some star on top of the videos, you can replicate it, you can uh, do fake stars anyway. So I think there could be technology which will tell if it's real or not. But the question is how it will tell people if it's real or not, because it can recognize. But if it's going to show people just through some image on top of the video, you can you can you can make the fake you can even fake this kind of certification like when people have the attest glasses in the cars yeah. you just like put the like stamp this is attest this is like real yeah, yeah and uh, and then you can't tell so I think there would have to be some like new way like some kind of like biotechnology bio or like like fingerprints something like which kind of like will tell you but I don't know how uh, yeah I'm not sure how it's gonna work but I guess there could be something where do you feel the the technology is heading. Is there like a trend that uh, you are excited about? Mm, I mean, in our technology, do you mean like in general? In general, or? yes. In, that, uh. I I am definitely excited. Even I I'm still not sure what's gonna be with VR. If it's gonna be a uh, if it's gonna lead somewhere to this branch or not. But I was like with playing with friends recently, and and I feel this immersiveness which you can actually achieve, and interaction and. And even experiences visually, it's gonna be really amazing. So I'm I'm really still excited about where it will goes. And the games, I feel there's like so much more money getting to the games. So I feel if people will stop seeing the games as oh he's just like a gamer sitting on the computer or PlayStation and like playing the games and it's for kids. But if they start seeing it, it's actually a way of experiencing things. And instead of watching movie, you can actually play some maybe really immersive game when you can decide what's gonna happen. This, visual, this level of experiences, I think, could be superior to most of the experiences which we which we have nowadays. And I definitely will be excited about those kind of things in the future. Nice, nice. It was it was awesome uh, listening to all of your stories. <laughs> and uh, even even though like we hang out quite often, it's nice to get to you know from the professional side uh, uh, also. What what I wanted to to ask also is like. It seems like everything was pretty smooth for you. Was there at any point a big challenge uh, that uh, you had to get through in order to get where you are? I mean, there was like uh, many, many challenges on the way, but when you are focused on the goal and not on the obstacles, and you love what you are doing, you just keep going and and the obstacles you just kind of like destructing as they coming or jumping on top of them. So I would can say like getting visa to the United States, which I got twice, <clears throat> that that can be really hard and that can be kind of consuming. And it was for me time consuming and I had to like a lot of emailing and I had to a lot of bureaucrats and I had to speak with the attorney and those things definitely like, it was, I had to pay it out of my pocket and these things... I'm not sure it was the biggest challenge till today, but it was definitely one of the bigger challenges. And those kind of things when you were like moving abroad, when you moved to when I moved to London and the, I was sitting in the circle of my first me- meetings and people are speaking fast across each other and I didn't understand them and I realized my English is really bad and I really can cannot uh, join them. And then came a turn on my side and I was supposed to talk about my projects and I just wasn't able to speak with them. I 
that was also a big thing, like to figure it out, like the the language. So, uh, yeah, I guess the first yeah was like learning English, and uh, other than that, um, I have to say that things were kind of well aligned. I think it was a combination of working hard and and luck. Uh, but I didn't. The only bigger problem is probably when you're traveling a lot and, uh, and living in different places you can lose the touch with your friends or family and it's hard for relationships. So I actually think, yeah, in for relationships, it was always like big uh, challenge. Um, it, it is a challenge, I can confirm yeah. that. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's actually, I guess this could be like the bigger challenge. But uh, other than that, uh, it's, it's doable. What, what would you say to the young generation that is interested in, in, in motion design is the best uh, path to, to get into the industry? I think nowadays is good good time to jump into it. There is so much content. More deepfake videos are needed. <laughs> yeah, we need more deepfake videos. <laughs> Because, uh, I mean, it's getting a little bit um, oversaturated, I would say. But in the same time... People seems having so much fun. There is so many people constantly producing. They're doing daily renders. They're constantly doing stuff on Instagram and posting it out there, and having fun with it. And uh, and the companies because there is more and more screens everywhere. People want animated content, so there is still new revenues. I recently found people making so much money with doing visuals for the concerts, which is also motion design, just like more go to practical way. So there is like so many different type of screens and platforms when we can actually do. Uh, apply motion design so if people are interested into this kind of technology and stuff i'm definitely would just say open video copilot with my friend andrew kramer and uh, or uh, grayscale gorilla i designed there's a bunch of other tutorials or watch some of my presentations <laughs> and uh, and yeah just ease in into it and just start working and uh, iterating and, um, and yeah Um, nice. It's great recommendations for sure. sure. Yeah. Well, I want to be mindful of uh, your plans. And I know that you have to head to the airport yes. uh, <laughs> to fly to, to Barcelona. Uh, do you feel like there is something that we have not covered? I mean, uh, we didn't speak about you. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> But this podcast is not about me. SCRV, uh, uh, people will... Uh, have an opportunity to uh, learn more about me at some point for sure okay uh no from uh, from my point of view um i think we covered kind of well um yeah i'm not necessarily think there's anything which i want to now add up and um yeah if you are in czech republic we sometimes do motion design meetups uh, in czech republic and here in la or meet me on a festival just i'm always too willing to help people or write them some recommendations so feel free hit me up on my instagram and um yeah i don't think i have anything else to say great the the community of motion designers is tight so <laughs> definitely uh people can reach out to you uh, exactly. that's amazing i have really enjoyed uh chatting with you as always uh especially especially today thank you so much uh for hopping on the podcast and uh yeah Uh, I hope that you will uh, have a safe flight to Barcelona and you will uh, enjoy your, your trip there. Yeah, thank, thank you for you so having much. me and thank you. It was a pleasure. All right. <laughs> I feel like if you are considering uh, looking for an opportunity in another country or maybe you are a designer 
that is looking for something new. Jan has shared a lot of great insights into what he has experienced throughout his life and career. So I think that there is a lot that can be leveraged on that. I hope that you have enjoyed uh, the podcast. As always, please share any of your feedback. It's tremendously helpful for us to navigate the next episodes. And uh, that's pretty much it for today. I'll be looking forward to record next ones. But until then, stay tuned. Thank <laughs> you.